A special thanks goes out to the folks at Spotify for bringing you this podcast. Hello again, everyone. Today, a man who gave his life in World War I. I'm Tom Zania, and this is Tom Read Your Story. Coming to you almost live, it's time once again for Tom Reads Your Story, the number one spoken word podcast on the web for audiobooks, social media posts, current events, and just plain whatever. So let's start the show. For the next half hour, I'll be your host. I'm voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. And we are back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Tom Read Your Story. I'm Tom Zania. I'm an actor, a podcaster, and a voice actor. And I'm bringing you spoken word pieces. I do want to announce, though, next week I will be off. uh, Just taking a little break for the week. And uh, I'll be back the following week. So... I I want to talk a little bit today about um, certain movies, I mean, that we see. And war movies are a big part of uh, what is consumed. I have to admit that most of the war movies I have seen are about World War II. Uh, I have seen little to nothing about World War I. And in the past, I don't know, two, three years, there have been several that have come out that are very, very good. And uh, I hope to see those soon. One of those movies is called All is Quiet on the Western Front, uh, a very uh, violent, graphically detailed account of, um, I think, about one person or or several that served in uh, World War One. Um, I have not seen that, as I've said, but I do have a friend who has seen that, and he saw All's Quiet on the Western Front and was reminded of a relative who fought and died in World War One. Stephen Fear uh, is a frequent contributor to Tom Reader's story. He is a friend and castmate of mine. We both appeared in Sunset Boulevard together in Salt Lake City, and he has been kind on several occasions, kind enough to allow me to record uh, the uh, Facebook posts that I find uh, beautifully written and very compelling. Um, to remind you, there was a time, I think uh, a year and a half to two years ago, where I was making most of my episodes about Facebook posts. And I kind of got away from that uh, in the past, I don't know, two years, um, and now I'm sneaking back into it. 
very slowly. Um, I I find it very uh, very interesting to hear um, not just any Facebook post, but ones that I think should be uh, recorded and posted uh, on the website on my excuse me on my podcast. And this is one about World War One. Uh, well, it takes place during World War One, and this is about uh, a distant relative, a great grand uncle, as Stephen says, uh, who fought in World War One. From Facebook, Thank You, Uncle James, by Stephen Fear. So I posted recently that I had seen the latest adaptation of All Quiet on the Western Front. It has really stuck with me. I've actually felt somewhat haunted by it, or maybe more accurately, haunted by an ancestor who I feel wants me to tell what little of his story I have actually learned. I've posted this photo before. This is my maternal grandmother's uncle, the younger brother of her father, James. He died when my grandma was five. Grandma's father would have been 34, and James was 28. James was killed on or around October 4th, 1918, just a little more than a month before World War I officially ended. His military records say he was killed in action, although many soldiers during the war died from their lingering wounds and from disease. From what I can glean, James was involved in some aspect of the Meuse-Argonne Offensive, which was part of what is known as the Hundred Days Offensive. The Meuse-Argonne Offensive was fought over the course of 47 days, from September 26th, until the armistice on November 11. Approximately 1.2 million American soldiers engaged in these battles, making it the largest in United States military history. It was also the deadliest in the history of the United States Army, resulting in the deaths of over 350,000 Americans, 28,000 Germans, and an unknown number of French lives. Wikipedia says... American losses were worsened by the inexperience of many of the troops. The tactics used during the early phases of the operation and the widespread onset of the global influenza outbreak called the Spanish flu. Evidently, my grandma's uncle was killed early on in the battles. From what I have been able to find out, he joined the army in October of 1917 and I think ended up at a base, likely Camp Custer, in Michigan, in January of 1918. What I am fairly sure about is that he then left Michigan in February 1918, and in Hoboken, New Jersey, boarded a ship that left for France either on February 18th or 19th. I believe it was the USS President Grant, commanded by Colonel Joseph B. Westnage. The ship was escorted by torpedo boats 
once it entered an area where German submarines were a danger. James was part of the National Guard's 126th Infantry. The accounts I've read say he landed in Brest, France on March 4 and disembarked on March 6. Originally, the 126 did not start out as a combat unit, but as a replacement and labor unit, serving in Saint-Nazaire, France, laying rails for trains and labor, such as loading and unloading ships and trains and working in warehouses. Six weeks after their arrival, James's infantry unit left for Champlet, France, to train to be an active combat unit. From accounts I've read, these soldiers much like the fictional ones at the beginning of All Quiet on the Western Front, were excited and eager to serve in combat and fight and defeat the enemy. After intensive training in Champlet, by May the 126th Infantry had moved to Alsace, which was German territory at the time, to get some trench warfare experience. From July to August, James's unit fought in battles north of the Marne and suffered many losses by wounds and from being gassed. Of course, gunfire and bombings were prevalent. Hunger was also common. In late August, the infantry unit moved to another front. Hiking and or trucks were the way to get there. Forces were able to capture the Juvigny Plateau from the Germans in late August, it would appear. Again, there were many casualties. From September 10 to September 20, James's platoon pulled back and spent time in Joinville, where they took time to rest and recuperate. A soldier who recorded his experience wrote, This was the only real rest the regiment received from May to November. The balance of the time, it was under fire. The same soldier wrote, On September 20, the regiment and bust at Joinville for the Argonne-Meuse Front. After being carried as far as trucks could go and then hiking, the regiment entered the front line on September 30 before the Kreimhilde Stellung near Romagna Sons Montfancon. Four days later, my great-grand-uncle James was killed in battle. He and his fellow soldiers were on the front lines of the Western Front. The 32nd Division, of which the 126th Infantry was a part, was attacked relentlessly by 11 German divisions for the next 20 days. The fighting must have been horrendous. One website I came across said, The 126th was among the first American troops to set foot on German soil during World War I on May 18, 1918. Less than a week later, Private Joseph W. Guyton of Company 1, 126th Infantry, became the 32nd Division's first casualty of war when he was killed by machine gun fire. With just over a month remaining in the First World War, the 126th Infantry attacked the Kreinhilde Stellung, at that time the strongest German position in the Meuse-Argonne section of the Hindenburg Line. The 32nd Division was still engaging German troops when the armistice was finally signed in November. My great-granduncle is laid to rest in the Meuse-Argonne Cemetery near Romania Sons Matfacon, close to where he actually died. This cemetery holds the largest number of military dead in Europe, 14,246 souls. 
Most of the graves contain those soldiers who lost their lives and the Meuse-Argonne offensive my great-grand-uncle fought in. Sources say that there were about 40 million military and civilian casualties in World War I. These include about 15 to 22 million deaths and 23 million wounded, making it one of the deadliest conflicts in world history. My great-grand-uncle was just one of those many casualties. As I think of the horrors of war he must have faced, horrors that are depicted rather realistically in films like All Quiet on the Western Front and 1917, the only way someone like me can really imagine them, I wonder especially what his last days must have been like. I think of all these young men and how brave and determined they were, but also how scary and fatiguing it must have been for them. I look at this photo, which was likely taken at the beginning of his service, and wonder what he looked like at the end. How much weight had he lost? How tired was he? What was his mental state? What terrible things had he seen and experienced before the end came? What friends had he made and lost? What were his very last moments like? How did he actually die? Did he die immediately? Or was it a slower death? Who found and identified him? The fact is, I will likely never know the answers to most, if not all, these questions. And the world at large does not know the sacrifices he made, the battles he fought, the terrors he saw, and the heroism he showed. His body lies in a grave thousands of miles away, probably not visited by many, if at all. He is one in a sea of too many dead. I think of his family when they were informed of his death. My great-grandfather had lost both of his parents and two other siblings at this point. His and James's mother had died just a year before. How sad it must have been to lose his little brother as well, even if it were for the cause of freedom. I think of the lack of closure having his brother's body so far away. I wonder if he ever got the opportunity to go to France to visit James's grave. I doubt it. I think of how the small Utah town my great-grand-uncle lived in was impacted by the loss of one of their own in the Great War. I'm sure he was honored as a hero, but when I watch war movies and documentaries, I think that although war is sometimes very unnecessary, how tragic and sad the losses to both body and mind are to the poor people who suffer through the terrors of war. I never heard my grandma talk about her uncle. Like I said, she was only five when he died. I didn't even know much about him until a few years ago. Most of what I've written here is stuff I just learned over the past few days. But ever since I saw All Quiet on the Western Front, I have strongly felt that he would like his story to be told. So here it is. Now, some of you know more about him. Thank you, Uncle James for the ultimate sacrifice you gave in the cause of freedom. I'm glad I know you a bit better now. I wish I had known how close your burial spot was when I was last in Belgium. <laughs>
I would have made the effort to visit you. I hope to do so someday. A touching and moving story about World War I and a man's bravery. I hope you enjoyed that. I did very, very much. Thank you, Stephen Fear, for a wonderfully written piece. And that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Tom Reader's Story. Portions were pre-recorded. Please tell your friends if you enjoyed your your visit today, because uh, we're always looking for new ones. Thanks, Spotify, for this opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Remember, I will be gone next week, but back the week after. Until then, please feel free to listen to all of the many episodes of Tom Reader's Story. Let's end today's episode with the main title from All's Quiet on the Western Front. I'm Tom Zania. Thanks for listening. See you next time. This is Tom Zania. For more information on my availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit my website at www 
www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again real soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.